Welcome back to the Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about intimacy in business, setting boundaries. Evan felt lucky to have had Trish as his mentor. He told me, I've never seen anyone build relationships as fast as she can. She can read a room in the first minute or two and then say just the right thing to turn people into raving fans. It's uncanny. Evan had been studying with a master, but now Trish was moving on to run an international division. As one of her final acts, she asked me to help Evan develop better people skills. When I asked her to define people skills, she went straight to the point. He needs to be more emotionally honest, she told me. And he needs to stop being afraid he'll screw up the business. If he would just take some personal risks, he'd actually be taking fewer risks for the business. The two behaviors that Trish just described, emotional honesty and personal risk-taking, combine to create what I call intimacy in business. Now, don't let the word intimacy confuse you. Intimacy in business is not about sharing personal information, and it's not about holding hands and singing kumbaya. Intimacy in business is the ability to connect with people on an emotional level. People who create intimacy in business are able to achieve two specific results. First, they're able to safely raise difficult topics, and second, they're able to set and hold boundaries without damaging relationships. Doing both those things well requires emotional honesty and personal risk-taking. For a high achiever like Evan, who only feels successful when hitting his numbers and ticking items off his lists, Trish's urging for emotional honesty and personal risk-taking might as well have been whispered through a mile-long garden hose in a foreign language during a thunderstorm. Even though he'd been watching her do it, he couldn't imagine how to turn her suggestion into action for himself. I decided to work with Evan to develop one aspect of intimacy in business, setting and holding boundaries. As a sort of baseline test, I thought I'd see what it would take to get Evan to be emotionally honest and take personal risks. During an earlier coaching session, Evan had mentioned he was estranged from one of his sisters. I returned to that topic now, and I asked, demanded really, for more information about that relationship. He gave a short, evasive answer. I pushed for clarification. He tried to avoid the question, but I pressed harder. He smiled in a strained sort of way and asked if we could change the subject. Why? I asked in a rather challenging tone. Well, he mumbled, looking down at his hands in his lap, I'd just rather we talk about something else. I fell silent for so long that he finally looked up. I smiled at him and I said, That was pretty uncomfortable, wasn't it? He protested that it wasn't. Evan, I said, this is what Trish was talking about. She wants you to be emotionally honest. Part of that means being honest about your own feelings. It looked to me like you were really uncomfortable. By pushing Evan to talk about his sister when I knew he didn't want to, I had knowingly violated his personal comfort zone. But despite his emotional distress, Evan wasn't able to set and hold a boundary. 
This exercise isn't idle. People unintentionally violate our boundaries all the time. A colleague innocently asks about your performance review. How could she know it went horribly and you don't want to talk about it? Or a co-worker asks about the budget meeting. How could she know you're reeling because your numbers got slashed? Or a friend asks after your daughter. How could he know you're freaked out because she's on academic suspension? Often when these violations happen, we think, he should have known better than to ask. But of course, that's not really true. He couldn't have known. And even if he had known, the responsibility is not on them to not ask. The responsibility is on us to set and hold our boundaries. Evan wanted to know how setting boundaries connects to emotional honesty. The answer is, it's almost impossible to respectfully set and hold a boundary without being emotionally honest. When I pushed Evan about his sister, he was unable to be emotionally honest even about his own emotions. His discomfort with his own feelings made him unable to simply maintain eye contact and say in a respectful manner, you know, Tom, I'd rather not talk about that with you right now. That would have been emotionally honest. Setting and holding boundaries applies in many parts of our lives. Renee is a simple example of this. As a new team leader, she was unable to clearly articulate deadlines and then hold people accountable. She failed to set and hold boundaries. Sanjay, a senior vice president, is another example. During a coaching session, he collapsed with sadness, describing his overwhelming workload. He had been unable to set and hold boundaries about what he was capable of taking on. Now he felt violated and depleted. Was it his boss's fault? No. I believe it was Sanjay's job to know his limits, to declare them, and to hold them. Imagine you're in your boss's staff meeting. Some of your peers are proposing an action you feel is a mistake. While three or four people are pushing hard for this new direction, you notice a strong feeling of disagreement within yourself. You also notice that you're one of four or five people trading furtive glances but not speaking up. It's going to take a large personal risk to express your disagreement. And when you do, if you can be emotionally honest, you're more likely to get your message heard. You might say in an unemotional voice, I'm aware that I'm going against the grain here, and I don't want to appear argumentative, but I have really different feelings about all this. Actually, I'm pretty alarmed. Here's my thoughts. Now, please note, taking a risk while being emotionally honest does not mean being emotional. Look at this response as an example. I can't believe you're thinking about going down this road. This would be a disaster. And what's with the rest of you who aren't speaking up? I hope you guys are going to back me up here. Now, that might be an honest expression of your emotions, but it's too emotional to be productive. If you can be aware of, but not hijacked by, your emotions, you have no need to become emotional. However, if you do feel yourself becoming emotional, it may indicate you feel violated in some way, which means you may need to set and hold a boundary. A colleague of mine, Susan Pakasha, says that as coaches, we are expected to speak uncomfortable truths. I think she's right. 
I know that in order to speak an uncomfortable truth, I have to muster my emotional honesty and I have to be willing to take some big risks. But I've learned that when I do, I connect on an emotional level. I create intimacy in business. I am so inspired by the leaders who are able to do the same thing on a regular basis. To me, it's a powerful display of the look and sound of leadership. If the idea of creating intimacy in business and setting and holding boundaries resonates with you, some other podcasts you might listen to are Leading with Your Heart, Holding People Accountable, Repairing Damaged Relationships, and Speaking for Yourself. Those podcasts can be found on the Essential Communications website, EssentialCom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's dot com. From our homepage, click the navigation button marked Coaching Tips. That will take you to an archive of all our podcasts where you can search by categories that interest you. From the archive, you can also download PDFs of every tip to save for yourself or forward to others. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes. Just search for the look and sound of leadership. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.